Hello, people. It's your boy O. I'm back with another episode of Smoking Mirrors. Today, I would like to talk about depression. Depression is at an all-time high. A lot of us doesn't do not identify with it. We have friends and family members that go through it, and they normally, you know, tuck it in and go on with their life, and we don't pay attention to the signs. And I want to just shed some light on depression. I'm not an expert on it. I don't. I don't have no medical facts on it. I just. I always talk from experience, from the gut, um, insight that I, I, that I have, but, you know, I had a, an acquaintance, I don't want to say acquaintance, a friend, we wasn't the best of friends, but, you know, we had mutual friends that was, you know, that would, they was like best friends, and so I got to know this gentleman, and he was a cool dude. He was a cool dude. Um, and I don't want to say his name for the respect out of his family, you know, for his family and everything. But he had recently committed suicide. And that's like, you know, it's, it's a blower. Like when you hear somebody that you know and you know y'all still young and and they commit suicide it makes you kind of like take three steps back and like whoa what is going on here what is going on here um and to think about it like a couple years ago I know well it's probably been about maybe ten years uh, seven years ago Another gentleman that that we all knew killed himself, and it's like, wow, like what is going on that where you know our people is just just can't take life no more and just like ready to go, and it's heartbreaking, you know, because depression is real, and and a lot of us go through it, you know. I'm gonna put myself in it because I I don't. Now that I, you know, there's more information coming out about depression and I can identify when you just like feeling down, you just feel like the world is against you, you can't get ahead and you just feel like giving up and, you know, I'm a fighter so I'm always going to keep pushing but, you know, I've been there, I've been there but I don't know what was on, you know, these gentlemen, mine was on his shoulder, what was holding them down. To make it, to make it say, to make them say, you know what? I can't take this no more. <clears throat> and you know, I, I, I see Kyle say, "Oh, that's he weak. He was weak. Trust me, it's nothing weak about taking your own life. You understand what I'm saying? There's nothing weak about that. That's probably the hardest thing you can do is take your own life." So, you know, it's it's heartbreaking, you know, for someone to feel alone, feel isolated, 
that has family and, and it has, you know, has family and, and so-called friends and still feel isolated and, and alone and and just ready to give up. Cause, you know, this gentleman, like I, like I said, you know, I know he had, he had some, you know, he had some, some has ups and downs like we all do in life, and but what what gets me with this is that he was. He was still in a fight. You understand what I'm saying? He still wanted more for himself. He wanted to better himself. So he was he was trying everything he can. He he tried the pyramid stuff. He you know then he went to entrepreneur. He wanted to do his own t-shirt business. He wanted he wanted to do more. He wanted to be better. He tried to do the motivational speaking. Like everything that he probably read in all these books and and, and seminars. He tried to apply that in his life. And for some reason, he just couldn't get over that hump. And, and whatever the case may be, he gave up. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. Like, like damn, you know. Cause he ain't coming back. He was the he used to post, you know, motivational stuff online and stuff. So it's a, it's like mind boggling like to me. It's like, damn man, why the universe couldn't just throw him a bone, man? Why? Why the just the you know the, the road could have got more smooth for him? Just like. Cause he was he was applying himself, man. They tell you you do these steps, and people are doing these steps, and then they still come up short. And then it's like, what is the point? And to see this brother go out like that is 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 hurtful, man. It's really hurtful because you know he tried, man, and apparently he had he reached his limit. And I don't know, man. And I just, I just, and I watched the aftermath where it's like everyone showed them love on, on social media and, and everybody was, you know, came up after the, you know, they had the, whatever they call it, uh, home going. Everybody, you know, everyone was there and, and celebrating the man's life and it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. I didn't go. Uh, one, I didn't go because I didn't even know. I didn't know the date of. I didn't know. Um, someone told me it was gonna be one week, but then I, uh, my mother was in town. I had to ha- take care of my mother because she's dealing with a, a terminal illness, and then I guess they moved it, and I wasn't notified to after. But I heard about it. And I heard it was beautiful, man. I heard it was touching. I heard everyone was there. And so proud of me was like, damn, Jay, you, you had love, man. You had mad love. And then another part of me thinking of it is like, damn, all these people showing him love. 
If they would have showed him that love when he was here, he probably wouldn't have did it, man. He probably wouldn't have did it. And it, and you know, I'm not blaming nobody. You can't blame nobody. And you know, I know people, especially his family members, is like, you know, if I would have known, if I would have known that. And most likely, them sounds was always, always, they was always there. We just never, never reckon, never identify with it, man. And, and and that's why I want to talk about depression because a lot of our family members, our friends, our peers deal with this. But a lot of them have, you know, where, especially African Americans, where our egos, we got pride, man. Never let them know when you down. Smile on my off day. So, we keep it bottled up, man. We medicate ourselves with drugs, alcohol, to bury that pain, that frustration. And usually it's just a recipe for disaster. And um, it's sad, man. It's really sad that uh, our people have to go through this feeling like they have no one to talk to because they want to be labeled as crazy or talked about it behind their back by friends and family members and so on and colleagues Um, we as people have to do better man we have to do better man we have to check on one another check up on your friends like, if someone is your friend, then check up on them. You understand what I'm saying? Like, me personally, I have associates and I have brothers, you know, sisters. Like, if we family, we family. We just a friend. All right, that, that's like borderline friend associates. It really depends where you fall in. But it is what it is, you know. I don't like the fake fake love. I don't, I don't like the fake stuff. I don't. So a lot of times why I kind of stay out of certain environments because it's just it's not it's not authentic it's not organic it's just fake but for your friends and your loved ones man check up on them man don't let social media be your only source of communication with your friends and loved ones um technology has advanced society uh, tremendously it also has hurt society tremendously and we gotta get back to humanity we have to get back to talking to one another um like really back to communicating checking in on one another checking on our aunts and and our elderly and our, our, our brothers, our sisters, and our cousins and say, hey, how you doing, man? I just called in to say what's up. I don't want nothing. Just checking in on you, making sure everything is okay. Man, we have to start doing that because you don't realize that one phone call may have saved someone's life. May have changed someone, you know, changed their, their 
the temperament. Like, they probably was down, and you probably put a smile on their face and say, nah, I can keep going. You know, they could be at that, the edge of that mountain, and, and that phone call, but like, nah, I can, I can keep going, man. And sometimes you just listen, man. Sometimes you got to talk to your friends and just just let and listen, because if you listen, sometimes you can hear the pain in the back story, man. So, just check on one another, man. Love on one another, man. Like, it's okay, man, to tell your homie, your homeboy, yo, I love you, man. It's okay, man. It's okay to tell him you, you, you love him, man. It's okay, man. Because if he, you wake up tomorrow and he's not here, you want to say, man, that's my dude, man. I have man love, man. I love that dude, man. I love him. It's okay. Tell that man why he why he's alive, man. Get that man his flowers while he's alive, man. Because your depression is real, man. We need to start checking up on our family, checking up on our friends. Just talking to him, man. A 10-minute conversation would not handle your your day at all, man. Just just talk to him, man. And, and don't think that someone is exempt from having these feelings, man. I I, I tell you, uh, I used to have this female friend, and um. I always looked up to her because her story was amazing. You know, a lot of Mexicans get a lot of flack and um, she was Mexican. And when she was little, back home in, in, in Mexico, you know, first she was raped, you know, she was raped when she was little. So that already kind of messed up your mind mentally. You know, her mama, they don't, her mama was in the country and she was probably about 12, I believe. She had a little sister that's probably was like eight. They got smuggled in the country. And first they was living in uh, Richmond, California. And if you know about Richmond, California, you know that's whew, dangerous area, especially back then. Then they move on, you know, they move to to the East Coast. And um, I think at an early age, you know, her and her mother didn't really get, get along. And I think she moved out when she was like 16. Staying with friends, staying, uh, you know, staying on people's couches and stuff like that. She's trying to figure this, figure life out. She's 16. She took a a, a job at a, a fast at a um, supermarket, and she she self educated herself. She read psychology books. She read all kinds of you know all kinds of psychology books. I mean, she taught herself. Um, how to read proper, properly to uh, read different books on grammar and, and read different I mean have uh, um, a collection of audio 
motivational um, speakers and writing and, and, and behavior of, of human behavior and, and she did all this and so she started working at a supermarket and did cash in and became the manager and the store, you know, assistant manager, store manager, human resources to public relations to managing over 800 stores on the East Coast. And so I look at this person like, wow, you did all this. You know, she has, you know, three siblings and the youngest, you know, the youngest sister, she's the middle child. The youngest sister have a kid, you know, married. The oldest sister got a kid and married. He got kids. She don't have no kids. And she's literally the provider of the family. Because, you know, one thing about, you know, the Mexican culture, I, I think Latinos, period, um, they are very family oriented. And... So she always, she was the breadwinner and she held it down for all, made sure all, everybody was fine. And she she was she was good for for, for a while. And, and it was crazy because I was, like I said, I looked up to her and I used to, we used to have long in-depth conversations and I used to be inspired just by talking to her because I'm like, damn, like you did all this and, and this is where you came from? So, but again, we all have our demons, you know, and for her, it was more alcohol. And um, we have our demons and, you know, she got married and life hit her real hard. Life hit her real hard. Maybe like eight years later after, probably about 10 years later after I met her, life hit her. Um... She was, her and her sisters were safe being here. I forgot what was the the, the agreement the United States had with Mexico where they was allowed to work here and everything. But that was expired. Or I, I don't know what bill it was. So her sisters and them had to fight to be in the country, to stay in the country. Now her sisters married with kids, her sisters are married with kids, um, her mama was here, but she didn't use her Mexican citizen, she, she had a, um, uh, another country citizenship, uh, I guess she's mixed, I'm not sure, but she used, she had the paperwork for her daughters for their Mexican citizenship, but her citizenship was for another country, um, so the mother was kind of, you know, the mama was safe, but she had to get lawyers for herself and her sisters. And, you know, they didn't care that the family was married. She was married at this time, too, but they didn't care that, you know, her and her, they were always married and they had kids. And But they really had to fight. They had to go to court and they had to fight. And the sisters got, there was more, there was kind of safe because they had kids here. And eventually they gave them their, their, their green card. But her, she still was fighting because she didn't have no kids. And they didn't care that she was a law-abiding citizen. She was, well, she wasn't technically a citizen, but she was paying her, she, you know, she paying her taxes. She'd been here for years. 
Um, she works, and and she was married. That didn't did not hold any weight. Uh, so I think what she ended up having to do, she had to leave the country, volunteer. She had to take a leave on the job, volunteer to leave the country to re-enter the country. I think she left the country for like a month, month and a half, and that's what she did. She came back in the country. And um, so they allowed her back in, and you know, she started working again, but she had got a new manager. She was still fighting this case. Um, and she started drinking, drinking heavy. She was always a heavy drinker, but now she's, you know, her mind, and she's going into depression, and and she's she's taking these pills and she's 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 drinking and she's drinking heavily and and she's the type of person she's the breadwinner so no one can tell her what to do because she's providing for everyone so everyone becomes her yes yes person and um, I remember with a couple hanging out with her a couple times and I was seeing this and I was like what are you doing and you know she was just like telling me how she been feeling depressed and stuff and she ready to kill herself. I'm like, yo, stop talking like that. Now, I used to get angry at her. I mean, I don't want to hear that. What are you talking about? You stronger than that. And, and that's how I used to come at her. Like, because I didn't get it. didn't understand it. And I remember her just always popping pills. And I'm like, what are you doing? And just drinking and drinking. Drinking heavily. And I'm like, yo, well, you need to chill. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be around you acting like this. And and I remember sometimes she called me late night, all drunk and stuff, and she to hang out with some other girl, and they used to get all drunk and stuff and wilding out. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? You you bugging out. And um, she called a DUI. So she called a DUI. You know that had an impact on her job because. Her whole majority of her job is traveling from store to store, state to state. Then it was like she had a new manager, her huh? new manager didn't get along. And she was going through the, this depression, and then eventually she got fired. Um, and the things went real, went spiraled out of control. Like, let me. Let me backtrack. Before she got fired, I remember she was saying that she she knew something was wrong with her. So she decided to, you know, check herself in to, in a mental institution because she wasn't feeling right. She wanted to feel, take pills. So she did a check-in. She stayed there for three days and thought she was going to be okay. And um, I'm on, that moment we met up, we went somewhere and we was talking and she was saying that I noticed the shift. I noticed that she was cool, but then once she started, when she popped the pill, her mood was different. It was changing, and you know she was a heavy drinker. And I'm, I'm trying to talk to her, I'm like chill. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to sit around here and watch you kill yourself. And I remember I haven't talked to her for a minute. And then like maybe. A year later or so, uh, 
not even a year later. I haven't talked to him like I would like to say three, but like three years later. Um, she had called me out the blue. told me that uh, you know that she had committed that she had tried to commit suicide and she almost died Um, she took a lot of pills and they had to bring her back to life she was out and um, and, and she was saying that you know she was so depressed and they, you know, she basically she almost died, and they, you know, she had to start all over. And um, she had met some dude, and it's and it's funny because she don't even date. She Spanish, she she Hispanic, but she don't date Hispanics. She only date black people. But she met up with this, you know, Hispanic guy, and she had a one night stand, and ended up having a baby, <laughs> which is crazy. And um. Was her, and she had a girl, and I told her, I said, that's crazy, but you know what, that was a blessing, your daughter was your blessing from God, because you was moving so fast, that uh, you couldn't, you needed to be, you needed something to slow you down, and, and, and I believe he blessed you with a daughter, because she was the type of person who was not having no kids at all. She was like, man, I got a daughter. I don't know what to do with the daughter or whatever, whatever. You know, her mother moved in and helped out. And, you know, she started, she had to start all over from the bottom again. And I remember probably about eight, nine months later, she called me and she was like, yo, I don't know who to call. I had to call you because you only, you only person I, I could tell that would, would understand what I've been through because, you know, me and her was real close. It was real close. She used to tell me more. She used to tell me stuff that she didn't even tell her family. And um, she was said, "I got this job. They called me. I didn't even think they were gonna give it. I didn't even think, you know, I just applied for it. I didn't think they were gonna give it to me. Making over six figures. And she said, you know, I bust my butt working at this other job, just trying to get back up. And this other, I just got blessed. And they giving me a company car. And I told us, you know, that's your blessing, man. I said, um, sometimes God will take things from you and they give you, give you more, you know? And I said, just don't, you know, just stay focused and, and keep pushing in and don't forget where you've been at, you know, so you don't have to go back. And I tell you this story to, to let you know that she was the strongest person I knew, and she tried to kill herself. Basically, she killed herself. They brought it back. Um, and, you know, she bounced back. So I want to, I told you at the end of that story for the people who've gone through depression that no matter how, how down you feel, how how um, depressed you convinced that it's over. It's never over. Keep going. 
keep pedaling, talk to someone. Sometimes that person you need to talk to is not your parents. It's not your sister, your sibling. Maybe it's a stranger. Maybe it's just whoever that you can relate to, that can relate to you and that can help push you and motivate you and don't talk down on you and help lift you, uplift you. Talk to that. Get those people around you and keep pushing and keep moving and keep striving because you never know your blessing could be one day away. That's it's your boy O. I'm signing out. I just want you to know that depression is real. Check on your loved ones. Just don't talk to people on social media. If your homeboy you got a birthday, don't just shoot him a, a, a Instagram, Facebook message. Nah, call his phone, pick up his phone, or shoot him a text. Hey, yo, happy birthday, salute. And I just wanted to say spread the love, man. Peace and love. Your boy, I'm out. Like always, until next time, keep elevating, motivating others, and celebrating life. Peace and love. Oh, I'm out. One.